Hey everybody, welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm your host, Hemel Javeri. It is Friday. Joining me today is Maggie Hendricks, who's here to talk about the Olympics. Welcome, Maggie. Thanks for having me on. So not only is it almost the Olympics, it is also almost Valentine's Day. Maggie, who's your Valentine? It's my husband, Pete. Have you thought about what you're going to get Pete for Valentine's Day? No, not at all. Not at all, because you've been too busy thinking about the Olympics. Exactly. Well, we've got you covered. If you haven't figured out what to get that special someone yet, Pro Flowers and Sherrod's Berries have teamed up to help you really impress your Valentine this year with their perfectly paired collection. So go ahead and think inside the box this Valentine's Day. This really is a -a one-of-a-kind gift. Your flowers and dipped strawberries will arrive together in a beautiful, specially designed box that will keep your flowers fresh and your berries cold. Guaranteed. Right now, listeners can save 20% on any one of their perfectly paired combinations or any other gift over $29 with the promo code for the win. We had these delivered to our house actually last week in their phenomenal. The flowers come in a beautiful glass vase um, and they last actually a lot longer than regular store-bought flowers do, which is a huge bonus. And The strawberries come in a beautifully designed pink box that's perfect for Valentine's Day. The strawberries are probably the sweetest strawberries that I've ever eaten, no joke. And the chocolate on top is perfectly crisp and not too sweet, not too bitter. It's really a perfect pairing. And it just makes the person who receives them them feel a little extra special. Um, It definitely doesn't look like your standard store-bought gift. So hurry up and order today. Valentine's Day is next week, so you don't have a lot of time left. And there's only one way to get 20% off a perfectly paired gift over $29 featuring beautiful blooms from Pro Flowers and freshly dipped strawberries from Cherry's Berries. Visit proflowers.com today and enter the code for the win at checkout to save 20%. That's proflowers.com code for the win. All right. So Maggie, now that we got you covered for Valentine's Day, what is the thing that you are most excited about for this year's Olympics? I'm really looking forward to the men's competition to see if American Nathan Chen can get it back together after he kind of had a bad night last night um, and throw down all of the quad jumps that he is capable of, or if the reigning Olympic and world champion, uh, Yuzuru Hanryu of Japan, he has been injured lately, but he's just an electric skater so I'm really excited just to see how how these men perform and I know figure skating is really one of the most uh, popular things happening this Olympics uh, what about the women's competition so that one's going to be really exciting too because the sport has been completely ruled by a Russian skater by the name of Evgenia Medvedeva for the past like three years She's just won everything she's walked into. However, she's dealt with some injuries this year, and she got beat by not only her teammate, her Russian teammates, but also like the, her training mate, uh, Alina Zagitova. And she got beat by her at the European Championships a few weeks ago. So there might be a huge duel between them, and then there might be there's two Canadian skaters. Uh, who could sneak in Caitlin Osmond and Gabrielle Dahlman and Brady Tunnell, the American champion. She has come out of nowhere and that and, and American skaters have come out of nowhere to win a gold before. So you just, you never know. And, and 
if people, you never know what it's going to be like that night on the ice. Sometimes people who are completely unflappable fall. Sometimes people you've never heard of just come out of nowhere and do amazing things. And that's what makes the Olympics so awesome. Um, one of the big things about this is that the time difference is so insane. It's, it's something like 16 hours if you're on the East Coast like we are, uh, which means that it's about Friday afternoon now, but the opening ceremonies have already happened in Pyeongchang. What was your favorite part? What was, was something that really stood out to you? I mean, the, seeing the two Koreas walk in together as one team was, was a really just beautiful thing. Um, and then the torch being lit by Yuna Kim, a figure skater who, I, I, you know, if you watch the Olympics regularly, you would remember her because she won silver in Sochi. She won gold with one of my favorite performances ever in uh, Vancouver. But she also worked really hard to, to make sure that South Korea could have an Olympics and could be an, a, a Winter Olympics power. So seeing her light the torch was really special, too. I actually loved the shirtless Tongan flag bearer. Well, I was not angry about that. I, I, I will say, what cracked me up, so he's got such a great story beyond, you know, being gorgeous with no shirt on. Yeah. Um, because he had never seen snow as of the Rio Olympics. He had not even seen snow in his entire life, and he decided he wanted to be a cross-country skier, and now he's at the Olympics as a cross-country skier. Like, it's just, it's mind-boggling. He quit his job. He did, he quit his job as a social worker. He did everything. Like, it's just crazy to think what he did to get us to that moment where he's walking in with no shirt looking gorgeous. Yeah, and that's really dedication, you know? He, he set his sights on Pyeongchang for years uh, in four years and said, okay, how do I get here? How do I do this? Um, I think that's phenomenal, actually, to be able to dedicate your life to that. And that's what makes the Olympics, to me, so incredible, is that these athletes work so hard for so long with little to no recognition during, you know, the preceding four years up to the Olympics, because these are very niche sports. But then they finally get a chance to, to shine. And that's what makes it, you know, makes that tension so much more exciting. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, in the United States, we're used to having a lot of winners. That's just, you know, something something that we we have come to expect and we invest in our programs and all of that. The, there's a lot of countries in this world that don't really, the medals aren't that big of a thing. It's going and, and support. You just go and, and experience it. Most people don't come home with medals. Most people don't win. But they still get this moment in the sun where all of their hard work has comes to mean something and they're trying to build their sport they're trying to raise the the specter of their country and it's just it's just a lot of cool things at once that can help you forget about some of the awful corruption and terrible things about the olympics uh yes uh, i had had not really thought about all the corruption managed to forget about it for a little while and kind of focus on the pageantry and the unity of it um but that's always kind of lurking in the background uh, um so the Russian athletes are a pretty interesting story this year around in the fact that we're not even allowed to call them Russian athletes, right? Is it athletes from Russia? What, what are yeah, you going by? It is Olympic athletes of Russia. So even like that's even what it says on their, on their uh, uniforms. They're the Olympic athletes of Russia. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of a weird thing. And they're not allowed to carry a flag 
But the interesting thing that we saw at figure skating last night is that, I mean, Russia isn't far from Korea in, in many places. There are a whole lot of Russian fans there, and they are more than happy to bring out that flag. And I don't even remember them being that spirited when we were in Russia four years ago. Yeah, I mean, nothing like taking away athletes' country to really get the fans riled up and show support for them. They marched in these very plain gray coats with absolutely no identification on them, um, which was pretty unsettling to see, honestly. Yeah, it was it was a little weird. The thing that stuck out to me a lot was that um, usually the idea of being a flag bearer for your country is is really a huge honor. Mm-hmm. But because they weren't bearing their own flag, I don't think any of them wanted to. They were just bearing the Olympic flag. So they uh, there was it was just a volunteer from like a Pyeongchang volunteer that was there and carried in the Olympic flag in front of them. Yeah, it's I mean it's super weird, but. I don't know how to phrase this question, really, because to a degree, I feel bad for the individual athletes, but they are being punished for systemic doping and corruption, honestly, within um, their country's country system. Yeah, I mean, they have all they've all benefited from the system. So like it's it's, I, I feel bad for the individual athletes, but at the same time there was a pretty big push for them not to be able to compete at all. And so them getting to compete even with their country's systemic problems is still a pretty good thing. So, Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Um, Is is this the same thing that kind of happens with countries that aren't recognized by the IOC or uh, refugees? Like when the, if they win a medal, the IOC Olympic anthem will be played. It'll be, it'll be the, uh, it's called the Olympic hymn that'll be played. Got it. Um, And it'll be interesting to see even how many Russians even show up to the ceremony because they, I mean, they're not required to necessarily, like they are, but they aren't. So I I, I think it's going to be interesting because the Russians aren't happy about this. Mm -hmm. They're pretty upset. They don't, they don't think it's, oh, we're so lucky to be able to compete. They're pretty, they're pretty best. So, um, I really don't know how these medal ceremonies are going to go. All right. Before we move on to the next question, we're going to hear from our sponsors at Quicken Loans. Support for the For the Win podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com FTW. That's rocketmortgage.com FTW. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. All right, we're back from that. Maggie, uh, let's move on to slightly less controversial things or maybe more controversial things. Uh, Gus 
Kennyworthy posted a very sweet Instagram this morning of himself and Adam Rippon at the opening ceremonies, um, and it was pretty political. Yeah. Um, he said, he, he, here, I'll, I'll just read what he wrote. Yeah. Um, I feel incredibly honored to be here in Korea competing for the U.S., and I'm proud to be representing the LGBTQ community alongside this amazing guy. Eat your heart out, Pence. Um, and, of course, he's referring to the vice president, who is the head of the American Olympic delegation, but is also has, ha- has had policies that the LGBTQ community has had huge issues with. Mm-hmm. And both Gus and Adam have been pretty outspoken about their issues with having this man lead when we also have, uh, I believe, at least three out gay, gay and out athletes representing the U.S., and Gus Kenworthy, Adam Rabon, and Brittany Bowe. So, and, and there are also some hockey players who are kind of out but not. So, yeah, there's there's quite a few gay athletes on this team. And right. Three that are officially out. Yeah, three are officially out. Um, and there's, there's hockey players who used to be on the team who are officially out. That's what I was referring to. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that it's very... It's, it's really interesting um, because when the Olympics were in Sochi, Obama had a former gay Olympian be the flag bearer as a very obvious, um, a very obvious statement to, you know, some of the anti-gay laws that they have in Russia. And uh, it feels like it's very different to have Mike Pence on the committee this year and be in Pyeongchang. And you don't hear a lot of athletes really be willing to speak up and kind of rock the sweat to rock the status quo that way. Yeah, but but Adam and uh, Gus have not been afraid to. Uh, Lindsey Vaughn has also been outspoken mm-hmm. that if she that if she is invited to the White House after this, she would not go. Mm-hmm. So I get why a lot of athletes wouldn't want to rock the boat because you know you have to. You have to worry about your livelihood sometimes, and they don't make most of them don't make a ton of money. But I appreciate very much that there are ones who are speaking out. Yeah, and Adam Rippon, you know, was quoted by USA Today Sports's Christine Brennan first saying that he had no interest in meeting with Mike Pence, um, and then as the story went on, declining a meeting with him, like they approached him to have a private conversation, and he said that he had no interest in that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of one of the interesting stories around the Olympics as well. What are the other emotional moments you think we can expect this year? I think it's going to be interesting to see, uh, some of the older, and of course I'm just mean older in in the terms of athletes, uh, I see them compete, um, what, in what might be their final one, final Olympics. Lindsey Vaughn has alluded that this is going to probably be her last Olympics, Sean White, Shani Davis, uh, Ted Liggety. These are people we've been watching for a very long time. And to think that this might be the end of it, and to think that in 2022, when we're preparing for Beijing, that it's going to be a whole new crop of athletes. You know, it's emotional to think about the end of their careers. Uh, Sean White's story is really kind of scary. He was injured in, I think, during the X Games. He And I'm so surprised that he's actually back. That's phenomenal. You know, the uh, the extreme athletes, if we want to call them that, like yeah. the, the snowboard on half pipe, 
even, I mean, all skiers, they just have a mentality that I, I, it just proves I'm such not an athlete because I don't understand. I don't understand how you can, you can tumble down a mountain, tear up your knee and be raring to go to get right back out on that mountain. Like it just is not something I understand. And, and yeah, Sean White was the half pipe. We actually found out that today that the, uh, the defending gold medalist, I'm going to mess up his name, Yuri Pavlachikov, I believe. Maybe. <laughs> I think that's it. Uh, he is, he got in a really, he had a really bad fall at the X Games. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so bad that ESPN didn't, race, didn't show it again. Ooh. And he is, he said today he's not going to be competing in the Olympics, which he's another one. He's one of the groundbreakers right there with Sean White. And so we don't know if we'll see him in the Olympics again. Yeah, I, I mean, Sean White has already won multiple gold medals, and he's done pretty much everything you can do. So that drive to go back out there and compete when he really has nothing left to prove is phenomenal. Hockey is also a big thing at the Olympics. It's going to be pretty different from past years just because there are no NHL players this year around. And to me, that actually makes the sport a lot less exciting, to tell you the truth. I mean, it's still going to be exciting, but it was so great to see all these NHL players from different NHL teams mixing together for their countries. It, I think the Olympics... Um, the NHL made the wrong call in yeah. that decision. I, I completely agree with you because what would happen after every Olympics is people would start to be interested more in the NHL again. It was like a huge commercial for the NHL. So I think it was a, a short-sighted decision for that reason. But yeah, just like you said, like uh, during I, the 2014 Olympics, I believe it was, like, within one season, mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan Taves win the Stanley Cup, the MVP name that I always forget for the NHL, that they have a better name for it. Uh, and for the life of me, I cannot remember it now, but yes. <laughs> and then he won an Olympic gold medal for Canada. Yeah. So, like, it was so fun to watch that. And, like, and like as a Chicagoan, watching all, there were so many Blackhawks on all of the different Olympic teams between Sweden mm-hmm. and in the U.S. and like, I'm sure I'm going to be excited to watch these mostly college guys that'll be representing the U.S. I'm, I'm going to enjoy it, but it's it's just not going to have the same kind of excitement and firepower. And in and, and it's also I got to tell you right now with Chicago struggling. Oof, yeah, they're struggling pretty bad. Like I, I it makes me not care about the NHL even more. I mean, and and. and Chicago isn't the only big market team that's struggling right now in the NHL. So, yeah. you know. And I think it's totally true. I think the U.S. – I mean, in women's hockey, the U.S. and Canada have a fantastic rivalry. They also have a fantastic rivalry in men's hockey. And yeah. that the men's hockey portion is one of the marquee events of the Olympics. And I think it still will con- it's still continue to be a marquee event. Um, but to not have NHL players does take something out of it to – and, you know, we can't forget about T.J. Oshie's shootout performance uh, and how it really kind of catapulted him to a national stage, and it was great visibility for the NHL. So it's really short-sighted it's that they're missing out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, there are skaters, there are, are hockey players whose names I know because of their Olympic performance much more than their NHL performance. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I'm hoping that the women's hockey 
rivalry because what makes what made the NHL thing so great was the players knew each other so well. Mm-hmm. So like when you saw Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane facing off, those guys know each other so well from being teammates. So we're, we're going to see some of that from the women's hockey because these teams play each other so much that they know each other so well. So we're going to see a lot of fun out of the women's hockey. I just wish that the men's that we had the NHL players do. Yeah, I agree. And that's not to take anything away from the current players that have made this new roster. It's definitely more just about the NHL short-sighted decision. Um, Maggie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Is there one particular event in the next couple of days that we should keep an eye on? Well, the figure skating team event is really like funny and silly. And then also the moguls, that's the other thing, the free skiing moguls where they're, they're skiing down the bumps on the mountain Mm -hmm. and then do that do flips and stuff. I just, my knees hurt the entire time I watch it, but God, they're just amazing to watch. Awesome. Well, it looks like it's going to be a fun two weeks. Thank you, Maggie. Thank you guys for joining us and we will see you next week.